Hi, this is Susan Bennett, the original voice of Siri, and I'm happy to be here today with John Hewlett. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is your host, John Hewlin. I'm so excited to be here with you today because as you heard just moments ago, I have Susan Bennett with me. Hey, Susan, how are you? Good, good. Now, Susan's name might not be a household name to most of you when you hear it at first, but my suspicion is that when she mentioned she is the original Siri, that's right, the very first voice for Siri on the iPhone. When you heard that voice, you knew immediately who she was. So I'm excited to talk to you, Susan, about not just Siri, but about all the different things that have not only transpired in your life, but what's going on now and what has you excited going forward. Okay, sounds good. All right. Now, a little bit about Susan's background. She currently is a professional speaker. She's an MC. She's a podcaster, which we definitely want to talk a little bit about your podcast. Quite obviously, she is a voice actor. She is a singer, which is super cool. And she is the original voice of Siri but she's also wife and mom, correct? Yes, very, yes, true. Okay, now I, I'm curious. I, I know that you went to Brown, you graduated from Brown University. Mm -hmm. So how does somebody who starts out at Brown University end up doing voiceover work? That seems like a very, it doesn't seem like a very natural, um, it doesn't flow into that very naturally. Right, well, you know, I grew up in a time where you were sort of expected, you know, you're, you're you had this this linear thing that you were supposed to do with your life. You know, you graduated from high school, then you went to college, graduated from college, then you got a job and or got married. And so I, it was just kind of part of this prescription of my life mm -hmm. that I went to Brown. I was fortunate to go to Brown and I went there because my brother went there ahead of me and, uh, mm -hmm. and paved the way. Um, mm -hmm. It was a wonderful experience. I met some people there that I'm still in touch with now. And I met my first husband there. And uh, as far as it, you know, I, I think the thing that I learned most at Brown was that I did not want to further my education. Nothing that I wanted to do in my life was mm. going to require more years at school. So I happily graduated. <laughs> and then it took me a while to really get to really find my place. Um, mm. The first few years, my husband was um, a, a star NHL hockey player. And so oh, wow. we were kind of uh, we we kind of. Our life was kind of dependent on what team he was playing for and so where we lived at that time. So so I was moving around a lot and I was fortunate enough to be able to do some singing and some voiceover. Uh, in fact, we lived in Japan off on and off for two years and I, huh? I had more fun getting on the train and going into Tokyo and 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 doing I, I recorded a, a, a children's album and, you know, it oh, was wow. really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I've, I've had a very, very interesting and lucky life so far. And I say so far, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So eventually you made the move to Atlanta, which uh -huh. is where you live now, correct? Right. Yeah. My husband okay. played for the New York Rangers for a while. 
and he was mm. traded to the brand new Atlanta Flames who were created in 1972. And so mm. when we were traded to Atlanta, I had always lived in the Northeast. So this was a, quite a departure for both of us. <laughs> we weren't really sure what we were getting into and we just absolutely fell in love with Atlanta and I've been here ever mm. since. Wow. Okay. I've I've heard that from several folks, friends of mine who uh-huh. have moved there from different parts of the country that once right. they're there, they decide to stay. Yep. So tell us a little bit about the story of how you really got into the voiceover work, because it's a very interesting story. Okay. Well, I had always been doing a lot of singing, uh, live performance, as well as in the studio, backup vocals mm-hmm. for people or doing jingles, what were known as jingles in the time. I don't even know if they have jingles anymore. But uh, a jingle is a, a song that's created for a commercial. Yeah. And so I did lots and lots of that work. And uh, there was a, a studio in Atlanta that lasted almost 50 years. And uh, they did a lot of that commercial work. So I worked a lot at this studio called Doppler. And uh, one day uh, I was in a group singing for a particular product. And I wish I knew, I wish I could remember. I'm going to have to make up the name of that product because it's just terrible that I don't remember it. <laughs> But because it was a very, it was a moment, you know, it was a big moment in my mm-hmm. life. The uh, owner of the studio said, uh, Susan, the voiceover, the voice actor didn't show up to read the copy for the spot. You don't have an accent. <laughs> Come over here and read this copy. And so I did. And I went, oh, ding, ding, ding. I can do this. So mm-hmm. I went and got a voice coach and then an agent. And and, and I've been working ever since. Not going wow. again. Not going <laughs> <laughs> And you've had some pretty, pretty big name clients before. I mean, just the ones that I know of, like Coca-Cola, which makes sense because they're based there yeah. in Atlanta. IBM, same. Papa John's, McDonald's, AT&T, Goodyear. I mean, I could go on. You've, yeah. you've had yeah. so many that you've done work for, both, both as a voiceover actor as well as the jingles. And I'm, right. I'm old enough to know what jingles are. So Right, right. <laughs> I even did some on-camera work for quite nice. a while. And, um, I discovered that, you know, I, I just, it was, uh, it was too demanding on camera stuff and you had to get up way early in the morning. And, you know, I, that's, that is not my, that is not my best time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hear you there. Neither. That's no, I'm definitely not a morning person. I do much better. We're on musicians time. Definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I get that. You know, I, I am not a musician, but I understand it quite well. (laughs) So is there anything that you're currently working on? Well, um, I have some wonderful agents at Vox Inc. in Los Angeles, um, Wes Stevens and Tom Lawless, whom I was referred to uh, through my son, actually, who used to live in L.A. And they were the ones that really helped me negotiate and navigate the Siri waters, you know, because I found out that I was the voice of Siri. Most of the people here in Atlanta didn't even know who Siri was and didn't know what Mm. to do with it. and so. I found these folks and they have really been wonderful. I've, I've developed a whole new career with their help, um, sure. you know, as a speaker, a, doing speaker events um, as the voice of Siri, which was sort of cool because all of a sudden I had to write a speech. <laughs> so there was something new and interesting. And um, they've been really great at finding me some very cool, cool um, gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently did uh, worked with Al Franken and Lorraine Newman from the original not for primetime players of mm. from SNL and yeah. that was a real thrill because uh I saw the very first SNL back in 1975 Oh yeah I was two 
So, um, you know, a lot of what's happened to me has just been uh, good fortune. Uh, I have been, I've dealt with a lot of good people mm-hmm. and uh, they've kind of helped me along my way. And, uh, you know, at times I've done things that I wasn't all that comfortable with. I took tiny bits of risk, you know, here and there and, it, and it's paid off. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, I've, all I can say is that I've just been incredibly fortunate. No, oh, oh, I can understand that. So how did this opportunity for Siri come up? Because obviously at the point that it arrived, you'd been you had done a lot of voiceover work at that point. Well, it wasn't really an opportunity. It wasn't something that was offered. Oh, okay. So I was doing a lot of messaging work and I still do messaging work for this company. And it's been uh, decades now. And they had some new scripts. And they Mm. said, well, I had to sign some contracts and stuff. And they said, well, you know, this is just, you know, this is just generic, you know, uh, phone messaging type stuff. But the the, uh, scripts were very unusual. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't just your please press one kind of thing. It was um, the scripts had been created to get all of the sound combinations in the language. And so consequently, most of them were nonsensical. And every single uh, every single sentence or phrase had to be read in the same way, the same pacing, the same tone, the same um, uh, inflection. Mm. So it was kind of tedious. Uh, the first yes. the the initial recordings were done in July of 2005, four hours a day, five days a week, saying things like cow hoist in the tub hut today. Say oh, wow. fresh issue today. Militia oi hallucinate bakra okra ooze. So wow. as you can see, it was, it was, you know, I, in fact, I think I had brain damage from that. <laughs> but that's what happened. All of a sudden I did these recordings in most of it in 2005, a few, you know, in subsequent years. And then, uh, you know, suddenly in 2011, I'm Siri. Right. And I'm going, what? <laughs> so, so voice actor emailed me and said, hey, we're playing around with this new iPhone app. Isn't this you? Oh, wow. What? Yes. So everybody write letters to Apple and complain to them. They owe me a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah, they do. (laughs) Yeah. So now how long were you the voice? Because for a while there was only one. Yeah. Well, no. For for a while there were four. There were four original voices. One was um, John Briggs in England, who was called Daniel instead of Siri. And Mm. there was... um, Karen Jacobson, who is the Australian voice. And um, I'm not sure who the fourth voice is. I think it was the French voice and and he was also male. And so there are four of us for the first, I would say it was like two to three years. Because what happened was Apple did not uh, sign us. They didn't pay us. They didn't sign anything with us. They bought our voices from this company that we recorded for unknowingly. And so, you know, I mean... Wasn't exactly on the up and up, but it was kind of our fault too. And uh, so it 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 just um, it's, what happened was that anybody was able to use our voices without our knowledge or without paying us. Okay. And so that has been the real downside. And so yeah. one of the things I tell people: if you get an opportunity to do an AI voice, get an agent, get an agent, and make it you know make it above board. Sign, just make them pay you and sign it. But yeah. the advantage to the first four of us who did not have, uh, I think what happened was that, you know, we started promoting ourselves because we could. We didn't have NDAs or anything. And I think so after two or three years, Apple decided to change the voices because they wanted the voice to be anonymous. 
They oh, wanted everybody okay. who had an iPhone to be able to imagine their own personal Siri. And so um, they changed the voices within the first three years. And then the next voices that they hired, and I think they changed them a couple of times since then. Mm-hmm. Um, is, uh, they paid these actual people. And as is the case with Alexa, because I've talked to Alexa about this, yeah. and it's very difficult for her because that, you know, people recognize the voice. But oh, she's yeah. not allowed to say anything about it. Because oh, wow. she was paid. And yeah. I don't think she could have been paid for as much as, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a real um, questionable situation. So those of us who did not get paid at least had the freedom to promote ourselves. Yeah. And so that's what we've done. And uh, so, you know, I can't complain about it. It opened up a whole new career for me. So, yeah. you no, know, it's like everything that happens in life. You can't, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Sometimes these things fall out of the sky. Sometimes it's right in front of you with an opportunity. Sometimes it's right on the top of your head. <laughs> sure. And you go down. Um, and so you have to figure out some way to make it work for you. And so uh, that's what I did. I mean, I I was uh, really taken aback when I first found out about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I thought, well, you know, it is this way. There's nothing I can do about it. What can I do to make it better for me? And so right. I just turned it into a whole new career. For so, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I have opportunities like that that come up, wh- whether they're positive or negative, uh, a question I always ask myself is, what does this make possible? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You've always got to try to, to to figure out the positive end of things, because if you if you hang on to that negative thing, it's just oh, the only person that hurts is you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't yeah. hurt anybody else. <laughs> right. And of course, hanging on to the negative feeling, does it change the outcome? Exactly. No, exactly. Doesn't. No, it does not. Have you ever considered writing a book? I have. In fact, I've got like maybe the first page. I'm I'm seeing, I'm considering forcing myself in front of the computer to just kind of, because I, I've had a really crazy, interesting life, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it just thanks to just uh, just serendipity and, and some of it thanks to my crazy first husband and the, and the experiences we had and traveling all over the world. And, and uh, yeah. I, I have thought about it. I've thought about it, and I'm thinking more about it now. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I can't wait to read that book. <laughs> it might be closer <laughs> to a brochure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know after our interview is done, you're going to be practicing with your band. So yeah. tell us a little bit more about your musical background. Would love to learn more about that. Well, at the age of four, my next door neighbor heard me play, picking out melodies on a little toy piano. And mm. my parents were not musical at all. So my musicality came out of the blue somewhere. And so my neighbor called my parents. And fortunately, they just said, oh, really? And uh, my lovely neighbor who was moving away, and he was an elderly man, he gave me his upright piano. Wow. And so my parents gave me 12 years of classical piano lessons. So um, that's, what, that's what started everything. I didn't start singing until I was in high school. And then I got involved in musical theater in high school and college. And then also in college, I uh, was with my very first band. It was kind of a jazz band at the time. And then when I moved to Atlanta, I started, um, well, I started singing jingles also at that time mm-hmm. while I was in college. And, uh, and then when I moved to Atlanta, yeah, I went around to all the different studios and introduced myself and started singing jingles there. And I got into the voiceover world uh, purely by accident. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. 
You know, one of the things that I found intriguing when I have folks on, especially folks who have some level of notoriety like you do, I like to know about transitions. So for instance, I really want to know what was the transition like for you from being known as the voice of Siri to this world of professional speaking? It wasn't really much of a transition, really. I mean, one really led to the other. The biggest transition was accepting myself as the voice of Siri. That was the biggest transition. It took two years. Wow. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't reveal myself as the voice for two whole years because it freaked me out. <laughs> I'm a very private person. I had absolutely no interest in fame. And uh, so I, I had to kind of figure out, okay, how, what is this thing? How am I going to deal with it? Because it was a brand new thing. I mean, it was the very first virtual assistant. You know, kids now are going to remember that. But, and, you know, Siri showed up on October 4th, 2011. Yeah, she's a Libra. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, it was a, it was a whole new ballgame. It it began a whole new ballgame. So. I would imagine. Uh, I looked and looked and I couldn't find the answer to this question. So I'm hoping that you'll be able to answer it for me. Okay. One of my favorite shows to watch in the more recent past was The Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. And there's an episode where Siri is prominent. Right. Is that you? No. Okay. Well, no. it sounds really cool. So yeah. that's why I asked. Yeah, there are a lot of good mimics out there. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was impressive. I thought it was you. Okay, so you've got the 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 band thing going on. Now so you play and you sing both? Yeah, I'm a keyboard player and I play keyboard bass. I've got the set the lower half of my keyboard um that is um set to a bass mode. And I actually um, connect it to a bass amp. So it wow. actually really does sound like, an, like a bass. But it doesn't nice. just sound like a yeah, uh-huh. keyboard bass. So, um, yeah, that's really fun. And I can't say that I'm a virtuoso, but it's really fun. I really like it. And uh, it's what we're doing is uh, our band right now is called Canyon Ladies. It's kind of a hobby band. You know, yeah. there's three female singers. Um, my husband, Rick, who's a fabulous guitar player. He's playing guitar. Our wonderful mm-hmm. friend John Lewis is on drums. He's a great drummer. And so uh, we're doing all the music of the 1960s female singer-songwriters of Laurel Canyon. Mm. And so that's Joni Mitchell, uh, Bonnie Raitt, uh, Amy Lou Harris, Carol King. Linda Ronstadt didn't write, of course, but she was very prominent in uh, those songs, you know, doing those songs. So mm-hmm. it's really fun. I mean, our, our repertoire is just fabulous. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. Tell us about your podcast. I do not have a podcast. I'm the announcer for a podcast called... Well, you're a part of one. How's I'm part of one in the sense that I do all the announcements for Jones.show. My wonderful friend, Randy Jones, has a podcast. And this guy is like Mr. Entertainment. He is hilarious. Uh, he's a great actor and he's a, uh, a great talker. <laughs> 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 He talks a lot (laughs) and he's very interested in other people. The thing I love about his podcast is that he really asks some really great, great questions of people. So if if you love podcasts out there, check out Jones.show. Okay. Yeah. And what are some of your other favorite podcasts? You know, uh, this is so weird. That really makes me weird. I don't like listening to the spoken word. I don't like listening to NPR. I don't listen to podcasts. Okay. When I listen, anything I listen to is always music. Music. All right. Yeah. I don't, I can't explain it. I don't get it, but that's the way it is. <laughs> okay. 
What is at the top of your playlist right now then? Well, you know, I'll have to say that I'm kind of stuck in the past. You know, I'm I'm one for listening to songs that that I have loved throughout the years. And I have to say that, you know, there's not too much really, really recent stuff that I have in my iTunes. Um, you know, I, I'm going to like probably the most recent thing that I put in there, you're going to find very strange is, um, oh, now I'm going to remember their names, Rival Sons. And they're heavy, <laughs> kind of heavy metal. <laughs> what can I okay. say? I like their songs. And um, so, you know, mostly it's a, it's a lot of uh, classic rock. Okay. A lot of Steely Dan, Joni Mitchell, you know, just uh, Rolling Stones. They're my favorite band of all time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, in in your your opportunities to speak and other things that you've done, who have been some of your favorite people to meet? Oh, well, I, I met Anthony Anderson was a really nice person. Mm. I was on uh, a show where he that he was he was doing i don't know it's, that still show still exists it was before blackish and it was more of a game show and uh he was the moderator he was just the nicest person really liked mm. him a lot i also had a chance to meet betty white oh wow and i did the new to tell the truth and she was just she was just delightful <laughs> and as i told her uh, i got to speak to her you know after the show and i said well I'll have to say, from my perspective, I think you're the smartest one in the room. <laughs> Even at 90 something, she was ex- very sharp and funny. Yeah. Those two gotcha. people really stand out. Yeah. Okay. Who is investing in you right now? Who is investing in me? Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope, hopefully, my agents. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yeah. But, um, You know, I can't really say other than myself and my close friends and family. Um, I can't think of any specific thing. That's, that's, a, that's a very unusual question. And I don't. Well, may, maybe it requires a little explanation on my part. Okay. When, when I say investing in you, uh, that's part of that is the coach in me. And the best coaches have coaches. In fact, if you're hiring a coach that isn't being coached, do not hire that person. Mm-hmm. So when I say who's investing in you, who is it that you go to to help you get better? And it doesn't matter what the area is. It's entirely up to you. In fact, most people who have coaches, they have coaches in different areas of their lives. <laughs> so in that way, who do you have that's investing in you? I can't really say that I have a, a coach per se, mm-hmm. but I try to do different things in my life to give myself different experiences okay. so that I can you know, learn from those things and try mm-hmm. to broaden my horizons. I've been taking Spanish classes for many years. Mm. And that's a, you know, that's one way to keep the old gray matter working. For sure. And um and I just uh I'll have to say that some of some of the things that that I I have sort of been very affected by the isolation aspect of the pandemic. And also mm. my my husband was ill last year. And so we we were kind of cut off there for a couple of years. So yeah. just now um, getting my energy back and, and, and getting out there again. Okay. Well, really what it sounds like you're doing a lot of investing in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. So I would hope so. (laughs) Which is great. What would you say is your number one go-to daily habit? My number one go-to daily habit. Wow. Um, playing some kind of music. Okay. Music. Gotcha. Music is, music's magic to me. And, uh, and it's, 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 it's more than just, something to do it's it's really inherent it's a it's a huge part of me part of my mm-hmm. life sure yeah 
Now, we talk a lot about relationships on this podcast, quite obviously mm -hmm. from the title. And so this is what I want to know. I want to know, what are you doing to build into, to make better, to improve your most significant relationships? And how do those relationships impact your business? Wow. You're making me feel like a slug. <laughs> really, Not intentional. I, I can't say that, that I am as proactive. I'll have to say I'm 73 years old and I just don't have the motivation that I would have had 20 years ago. And so I do the things that I call it being in my brat phase. Okay. And so I do the things that I think will be fun, um, positive, uh, encouraging in many ways, educational in some way. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and most of that is usually wrapped up in music somehow. Okay. So I don't know if that really answers your question, but. It, it does a little bit, but your husband's involved in the music with you, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he and I, we, he and I had a band together for nearly 25 years. We, we did a lot of private parties and things like that. Mm. And um, we have our Canyon Ladies Band now. And my husband also works with just, you know, with a lot of different bands around Atlanta. Okay. Gotcha. What do you have coming up that's exciting you right now? That's exciting me. Well, I'm excited to have another gig for Canyon Ladies. We've only had one gig since the pandemic. So, and it mm -hmm. was very successful. We had a sold out house, which was nice. Um, yes. And if, you know, anybody listening in Atlanta will be at Waller's on December 11th. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. It's, um, I'm one of those people who's not a great self starter. I do much better when I have a goal mm -hmm. in mind, you know. So for me to practice music, for me to just sit down and practice, uh, I'm not very disciplined that way. And so mm. I have a goal coming up that's a much better impetus for me to practice and to, to play more music. And so now that we have this, uh, this gig coming up, or in fact, we have a rehearsal today. So, <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, we're coming up close to our wrap-up time. Uh, but if folks want to learn more about you, where's the best place for them to do that? Probably the best place to learn the most about, you know, Siri and me personally is my website. And mm -hmm. you can find it at just if you Google Voice of Siri, um, but you can also find it at SusanCBennett.com. Two N's and two T's in Bennett. And uh, there's a lot of stuff on there and different links to things that I've done, uh, you know, samples of commercials that I've done and different songs. I, I had the privilege of uh, singing backup vocals with um, Roy Orbison for two years and Bert mm. Backrack for a while. So that's that's kind of cool. I yeah. think there are some samples of that on there. And um, and if you just want to reach out to me, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at, at Seriously Susan. And that's S-I-R-I-O-U-S-L-Y. Seriously. Oh, yeah. I, that was quite clever. Clever. clever isn't Very it? clever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed reading that. I got a good chuckle out of it. Yeah, oh, good. I saw it for the first time. <laughs> One last thing about mm -hmm. uh, the speaking that you do. Are there any opportunities for you when it comes to speaking that you seek out? It's like, hey, that looks like something I would love to do. Or is, does everything flow directly through your agency? Yeah, mo everything goes through my agency. Uh, sometimes people uh, reach out to me directly and I send them to my agent. Um, and I'll have to say, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of been stalled a bit during for the pandemic. I did a few virtual, uh, things, but to tell you the truth, they're just not very much fun. It's just mm -hmm. not very much fun to stare at a screen and, and 
and you, it's tough to interact with your audience. And, and so, you know, um, hoping, hoping as things hopefully settle down, uh, you know, in the near future that, uh, that those things will start to happen again. Um, because I would definitely like to do that. It's, it's oh, fun. Yeah. I, to, I can relate to that. I had some of the same experiences. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're coming up to our, our final four and it's just four quick questions. Just tell me the first thing that pops in your head. Okay. All right, here we go. The first question is probably the hardest one, but it's not hard. Okay. So I'll just throw that out there. Why did God create Susan? Or said another way, why are you here? Why am I here? Well, that is a very huge question and one that could take a very long time to answer. <laughs> I guess the best answer is, I don't know. But for, okay. me personally, for me personally, why I'm here, I guess, is just to find a way to utilize whatever gifts I was given and to be helpful to the people around me, be a positive influence on the people that I meet, try not to do any harms. <laughs> okay. Yep. Question two, what are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Oh, that's helping me grow. Well, <laughs> um, I just finished reading uh, Keith Richards' autobiography. Actually, I reread it after having read another book about the Rolling Stones. And it's amazing that that guy's alive. It's just truly amazing. <laughs> he, yeah. he, has, he has an incredibly strong constitution. And I think the thing that keeps him alive is music. Mm, and I mm -hmm. understand that. Um, let's see, I just started a new book and it's on my Kindle, so I can't remember the name of it. But, um, you know, I'm not all that into uh, reading uh, self-help books and things like that. But I do, you know... I do keep my eyes out for things that I will notice certain phrases and things that will speak to me. And, you know, I think it's important to to keep your head in a positive place as much as possible because we are surrounded with a lot of negativity. And unfortunately, that's a big part of the media. The media likes to blow things up and make things, you know, a big story. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to try to really think for yourself and uh, stay as positive as you can be. Sure, sure. Yeah. Question three. What do you do for fun? Fun. Music. Yeah, I knew you were going to say music. I should have said in addition to music. In addition to music. <laughs> what I do for fun. I love to watch good movies. And okay. they're hard to find. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're, you're going to have to define what a good movie is because it's probably um, different for all of us. Well, a good movie to me is people with, uh, with a great screenplay, great actors, funny, interesting, intelligent. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know. Well, then, then what is Susan's top good movie? Oh, boy. Well, uh, there are lots of them. Uh, I love Fargo with Frances McDormand. Um, I love Moonstruck with Cher. Mm -hmm. um, oh, there's so many of them. But now that you put me on the spot, I can't think of any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd gotten this question in advance and I would have written some down. Um, well, there, you know, there are just some really great movies out there. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I love certain actors. and okay, But you'll find that even really, really great actors can be in a terrible movie. So yeah, that's true. The movie depends a lot on the screenplay. So <laughs> for sure, you but know, I've movie. I've also found that if you find an actor that you really, really like, even when they're in a bad movie, you're still gonna watch it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> or at least part of it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, one of one of my favorite actors is Kevin Costner. Mm -hmm. One of the downsides of being a fan of Kevin Costner is that most of his movies are three and a half hours or longer. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. There are certain people that, that, that hit me the wrong way 
And he and Tom Selleck both hit me the wrong way because they don't like their voices. Oh, okay. And his voice has changed a lot over the years. Yeah, it's probably better because he's older. It it may be. It's it's very, it's a lot deeper now. Yeah, a lot more depth. Yeah. Mm -hmm, For sure. All right. And question four, what are you most grateful for? I am most grateful for, oh, wow. I can't just pick one thing. All right. Give me a top three. How about that? Uh, Husband, son, and music. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. Well, well, listen, Susan, we have had so much fun here today. I want to thank you so much for your time. You've been delightful and entertaining and so gracious with your time. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It was it was a lot of fun. You asked some very good questions and I hope I gave you some some decent answers. (laughs) It it was terrific. Again, good. good. And thanks to all of you for tuning in today. Uh, This wouldn't be possible without all of you. Uh, I thank you so much for the investment of your time because it's your most precious resource and I know you can't get it back. So thanks for tuning in today and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening and remember, passion gets you started, purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.